Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Red Dwarf intro cast, where longtime fans and newbies alike journey together into the darkest, deepest region of space to talk about Red Dwarf, episode by episode. Uh, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. I'm Voorhees. <laughs> our special guest this week... Uh, Illyrio, hi. Hi, Illyrio. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you. It's really wonderful to be back with you guys. Awesome. <laughs> uh, was, was that your What a guy. Me? What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Indeed. So, uh, this week, of course, we are talking about Series 7, Episode 2, Stoke Me a Clipper. And we will find out what that is about in just a moment. Uh, first off, though, Illyria, would you like to re- uh, remind the listeners who you are and uh, where we can find you on the interwebs and why you're hanging around with the Red Dwarf folks? Yeah, I'm a uh, podcaster myself. I have a couple podcasts. Most notably, I'd say Potential Cast and Redemption Cast. Uh, I also have the why don't you know how to turn off your phone's volume when you're recording a podcast cast. It added a really it's a nice, bit of a lengthy like, potential cast and redemption cast. It's, 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 it's a bit of a lengthy title, but I'm working on reducing it as much as I can. Um, you can find me online. Uh, I'm at Illyrio on the Twitter, and I'm actually the real Illyrio on Instagram because uh, I was tired of trying to lobby Instagram to give me the username Illyrio that's not being used. Oh. <laughs> Very frustrating. But yeah, I do some podcasting and some stuff like that. And I'm hanging out with the Red Dwarf IntroCast people because I love the show. Woo-hoo. Woo! Yay! And, a- and apparently, according to my episode selection, I really, really love Ace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I must well, say this. Doesn't? Yeah, th- this episode right here is um, probably my favorite episode. Uh, at least Ace episode and definitely my favorite episode to a certain degree because it it made me uh, squee in joy um, <laughs> because of something that it pur- purports to having in common with um, a certain movie that I've been watching since I was younger and have uh, recently introduced my children to, which is The Princess Bride. Oh. Yes. Yes. So nice. I've been waiting. I've been waiting a long time to say this on your airs. So I'll say it right now. I'm sorry if I'm skipping ahead, but Ace Rimmer is the Dread Pirate Roberts. He is, <laughs> and I love it. There will be it's no amazing. survivors. <laughs> oh, so, you are the Brute Squad. Uh, <laughs> all right. Then. Well, thank you again for being back. And although I think Valerio has pretty much already covered it, Shane, what is Stoke Me a Clipper all about? Ace Rimmer returns, fresh from escaping Nazis. He has been hit by a bullet on the on, on no. he's been hit by a bullet and is on his way out. He needs another Rimmer to take his place and looks onto the parallel dimension self to take over the Ace Mentor. But the cowardly Rimmer doesn't think he has enough to what it takes to take over the heroic role, even after training. So he's secretly recruited this to, to boost Rimmer's confidence, and after Ace. And after Ace dies, Lister takes Rimmer to see all the coffins of all the other Rimmers who become Ace before him. Sounds good. Awesome. So, this episode... Okay, so, one message <laughs> Yes. before we begin. Mm-hmm. Um, we are asking everyone, and this includes in the Facebook group, uh, we've already asked everyone on the podcast, mm-hmm. we know that Chris Berry is probably going to be leaving for at least a couple of episodes. We don't want to know when he's coming back. (laughs) 
We don't want to know why he's coming back. We don't want to know how he's coming back. And we don't know if, want to know any of the behind the scenes right, things yeah. that may lead us to hmm. suspect when, why, and how he's coming back. So yeah. after, should I avoid saying that it's because he's having a baby? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. That's why he's been behind so many big coats and <laughs> diagnostic yes. tables. Always behind counters and boxes and things. <laughs> That's holding, right. Holding things. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Thank so. you, Dana Scully. <laughs> after uh, after he comes back, then we can get filled in on all of that. But for now, yeah. we we want the the first time viewer experience of wondering if our well, and I, I'll say our favorite character, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, will ever come back. So um, we know he's going to be back for Red Dwarf Ten. We've seen yeah. the promotion. Yeah, we just saw like things, the, but... the DVD cover of Red Dwarf Ten and an advertisement. Yeah, and yeah, there he is. So. Hmm. Unless it's like all clips from previous episodes in series ten, but that seems highly unlikely. Oh. Yeah. Maybe maybe they pulled uh, a Brandon Lee in the Crow. Hmm. There you Ooh. go. Series oh. ten is all just clip shows. Yeah. Remember that time when? <laughs> all right. Well, we yeah. begin this episode. Did, did, before we start, dear listener, I'm glad they told told me that because they've taken two pages out of my notes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, Nazis. Yay! I mean, boo! (laughs) I didn't mean to momentarily cheer Nazis. I was... I'm I'm always a big fan of Nazis being beaten up, especially in um, extravagantly comical ways. Yes. Nazis with an alligator. With a pet alligator. (laughs) Wasn't it a crocodile? Yes, it was a crocodile. Oh, well, I see. He said alligator. Well, yeah, he said, see you later, alligator. But I guess it was a crocodile, come to think of it. He was being double entendre punny. Yeah. Because, oh. see, we, we knew it was a crocodile because you could see the teeth when its mouth was shut. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. It wasn't originally meant to be um, Nazis or crocodile. It was originally meant to be the simulants that we saw last season. Oh, mm. really? Mm. And an alien. But mm. this was so much better. It was. And, mm. Yeah, and they changed the script and so we didn't tell the effects department. Of course, and all the you know, all the model work just so just like what um, Jonathan was telling us last week when they had um, only had three weeks, so they did all this work, then they found the script had changed, so they had to cancel all of that and go back and go to the new script, which of course cut out hours and days. Yeah, of their time because as I said, they only had three weeks. Yeah, um, let's I'm see. telling you the bad green screening. And all of this opening sequence was some of the best bad screening ever. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that, I, it's, it's not like the CGI from last episode. That, I think, was quite fitting to the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, nice, uh, they throw, throw out the, the nice James Bond reference there. I expect you to die. Can I just say, that was a quote. The reason why I love this opening so much is because it's Ace Rimmer versus Reg Holdsworth. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Reg Holdsworth, if, for Illyrio Heath and Angela, mm-hmm. is, was a character on a British show, and he was such a bumbling idiot. Mm. Uh, I've totally forgotten his real name. Ken Morley. Who, what? Ken Morley. That, yeah. Him, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
he, he came across as a proper bumbling idiot on on this show, and to see him on this is just awesome. So, yeah, and now he advertises double glazed windows on television. Oh my! Of course, like like Said you do. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing I had at the beginning. And this is looking ahead just a little bit. But uh, Ace claims that, you know, I won't say the whole quote, because we're probably going to quote half this episode, but, you know, he claims yeah. that he does the complicated disjointing his soldiers, uh, shoulders thing to get out of the, uh, the, the trap that they had him in. Um, but I'm betting that since he's actually a hard light hologram, he just switched off his hard light, popped out of the trap, and turned it back on. I'm behind that theory. Good theory. Apropos of nothing, it just struck me after he said that he was a hologram. Okay. Uh, so let's see, we get some dynamite, some explosions, some alligator surfing. That oh, yeah. was awesome. It was. That made was... my year. <laughs> Whenever you can surf a crocodile onto a Nazi's head, it's a good day. <laughs> um, I, I like that they had a proper German Luger. Going back to the sorry, going back to the crocodile. Sure. Um, the, that crocodile looked kind of fake, didn't it? Really. Well, I didn't think it was a real crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't have uh, to. It's. Mm. Yeah. Um, but uh, the original idea was to actually make it look real. Hmm. Nah. Um, it was hoped that the special effects. The, it was hoped that the special effects department would wrestle up a realistic animatronic creature, but due to one of the many cock-ups that played the special effects in the seven series, the request for such a creature came too late. So they were using an existing crocodile mode. Cool. What's that rattling noise? It was supposed to look bad. That's what I like thought just, when I watched it. Yeah. Well, I was I was very pleased. Yeah. It was it was funnier movie, that way. Just mm-hmm. yeah. It, maybe that it, did- looked, it looked to me the main part when it looked very fake is when it fell on the Germans. Mm. That was the only <laughs> time when it looked fake. But it was oh, it so looked awesome. fake through the whole thing. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, maybe um, maybe in that dimension, then there the, it, that's how reality looks. It's just green screen and fake crocodiles. Yeah, uh, that's a very interesting point. And you know, so say say you don't like shrimp, then um, <laughs> I don't like shrimp. But anyway, so then let's so see. Ace like Rimmer gets shot, and he's like, "That was my best shirt. That was my only shirt." And um, we're going to take this opportunity to that? put in as I many no references. It's it's for Elario's sake. Can I just say it right? Was that? A leprechaun mm-hmm. impression. Oh no, no, that was a perfectly accurate impression of oh. of uh, the the second the first... Slayer. Yeah, uh, on Buffy Kendra. the Vampire Slayer, oh. Kendra. Kendra, yeah. Kendra. Her, the her accent was that bad. <laughs> because apparently the dialect coachman thought it would be a great idea to have a rarely ever heard dialect be used in a television show for American audiences. <laughs> that, that was a Jamaican. better accent than hers. That, right, that was Jamaican. Right. That was supposed right. to be Jamaican. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he spoke in Leprechaunian. 
Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Her, her Jamaican <laughs> came out leprechaunian. and it was sad. Now, why aren't you talking like you're from the Trinidad and Tobago? <laughs> <laughs> I just got on a big puffy run here, but it's a Red Wolf intro cut for out loud. I am not going to do that. Okay. I'm just doing accents from different Caribbean locations. <laughs> and now I sound like a robot. So, Can we get to the part where Sarah Alexander is on the show? Yeah, Because I love her. Okay, uh, so he falls into I the building. After he falls into the building, I look at Angela and say, is he going to come out in a tank or a motorcycle? Motorcycle. He's going <laughs> to come out on a motorcycle. <laughs> Three seconds later, the motorcycle. Very, very Steve McQueen. Yes. Shoots the change off of... Now, now yes, tell us, tell us about the lady here. Because we have no idea who she is. Yes. So I'm assuming that Sarah Alexander is the person that you're talking about here. Nope. Nope. Oh, oh, she's much later. Oh, she's the later one. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, my bad. Okay. (laughs) All right, then. So, um, and the Nazis were crushed by an alligator. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Amazing. The the shooting off her bonds. I like, love the admiration that they have for their enemy, the German mm-hmm. soldiers. It's, it's so awful. And, well, you know, the Dread Pirate Roberts leaves no survivors. <laughs> so. Except one guy to say, what a guy. Mm. <laughs> those, and sky riding. <laughs> those two people who got hit over the head with the alligator actually um, are actually proper Germans. Really? Mm. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking through how, how you start that conversation. I want you to play comically inept Nazis. Great! I'm totally comfortable with that. Hmm. Well, I guess it's it's sort of like um, I follow, I've listened to this podcast of this guy who's in Japan, mm-hmm. and he actually picked up some extra work, um, you know, being the white extra in a lot of different movies. Mm-hmm. And he always plays the evil American soldier during <laughs> World War Two. Oh, is his name American Dan? No. Because no. there's a guy, apparently, who was on Angel, who was Asian <laughs> Dan, who was one of the stuntmen. <laughs> or on Buffy and Angel, apparently there was a stuntman, and they always called him Asian Dan, because wow. he was the one wow. Asian stunt guy. <laughs> Ouch. Um, let's see. All right, so then we finally get our opening credits, and... You know what? I, we we actually did go through and so we will quickly list what we saw in the opening credits. We forgot to do that the first episode. We we sort of yeah. skipped it. So, tug of war with Oswald, explosions, nose hair, Crichton's head exploding, blowtorch out of a storage locker, females on the show. That's something new. Uh, explosions. Or female in different clothing. Yeah, or female, yeah. Um, probably Kachansky, but it doesn't quite look... Anyway. Uh, gazebo explosion. Cat falls down, <laughs> Chick punches Lister, Crichton does bizarre effeminate cowboy walk. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's that. Uh, saw quite a few already in the first two episodes. Yeah. Um, then they go to the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> With cheat codes. Or the alternate reality machine. Yeah, I'm just going to keep calling it the holodeck, so... I, I, I like the holodeck. Or the... I'm sorry, it's the masturbation machine. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Chewbacca's... Correct! <laughs> <laughs> 
Chewbacca's <laughs> uncle watches a hollow vid of. No, wait, sorry. Wrong masturbation machine. <laughs> Watch the Star Wars holiday special sometime. You'll be horrified. Um, um, am I the only one that, when watching this, thought immediately of Star Trek The Next Generation and Barkley and yes. the holodeck yeah. version of Troy? Thank mm. you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, oh yeah. I'm the goddess of love. <laughs> <laughs> go. uh, let's see. So, Lister of Smeg challenges the King's Knight, who kind of favors the Sixth Doctor with that curly hair of his. Who's um, playing yeah. the King? I can't place him, but I've seen him everywhere. Yeah, go Brian ahead. Cox. Go ahead, Shane. Cox. Tell us everything that he's ever been in. <laughs> Brian Cox. He was in. He was. Um, he was Wolverine's creator, so to speak. Thank you. Striker and X Two. Uh-huh. Like I looked up his IMDb. There's a hundred and eighty-eight yep. things. He's one of those guys. He's in everything. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very he's just hard. this guy, you know. <laughs> oh, and the Queen is played by. The Sarah lovely Alexander. Sarah Alexander that you may know, dear audience, from the TV Coupling. show Coupling, back when Stephen Moffat could write. Oh. Ooh, you bitch. Ooh. <laughs> hey. No, seriously. Uh, I, I maintain what's, that what's Stephen Moffat can, can write, he just can't run a show. Ah. He, he, can, well, yeah. he can write individual episodes better than anybody. Mm. But, as someone, uh, speaking as someone who recently acquired... Every single Tom Baker Doctor Who episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is watching them in order. Skipping the ones he's watched multiple times already. Um, I miss the multiple parters. So back to Sarah Alexander. She was in <laughs> Coupling and a bunch of other things. She, in a quite hila- hilarious episode of Coupling, uh, pretended to be French. And, uh, oh, that was... Uh, I love that episode. Yes. Hello, Susans. <laughs> anyway, let's just say uh, I had a huge chuckle and a, oh my god, it's Susan from Coupling moment. And I and I do that every time I watch this episode. <laughs> nice. Cool. And I would hate to think what it would be like if you actually met her. Like, oh my god! <laughs> I would, would probably say that world. she is the queen bitch <laughs> when I meet her. And she but is that's... equally a, a famous husband. Yes, who is that again? Uh, Peter Serenivinu. Ah, oh, Peter Serafinowicz. Thank you. Thank you. Looking <laughs> back. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's if you don't know who Peter Serafinowicz is, he is um, have you guys seen uh, Shaun of the Dead? Yes. Yes. You know the housemate? Of yeah. Okay. The one that, the oh, one that was... Is it Pete? Yeah, the, the, one, the, one, the one that doesn't like them and... The one that gets killed. Yeah. yeah. In, yeah, in the shower. That's Peter yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't he in space as well? He was. And Star Wars. He was. <laughs> it was in Star Wars, the episode one. Uh, the, 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 those well, those really don't Star count. Wars, those don't exist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Lister then cheats to win a night and a day in the bed of the king's good lady. And Cheat the code. lady seems strangely uh, willing to accept that challenge. Hey, uh, she's a she's a bit promiscuous, isn't she? So that's allowed. <laughs> I was going to say a bit of a, a dirty word, but I thought no, we'll keep it no, clean. No. Well done, promiscuous. <laughs> do you want another? Do you want another story from the vote in total? God awful outside broadcast. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first day uh, they were there, it poured rain all day. Um, so much. Um. All the trucks were actually bogged into the mud. They couldn't get out of the field. 
Awesome. <laughs> they couldn't shoot anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have been very much like a Ren fair. Indeed. Uh, the famous story, um, Croton and Four Makeup at the end of the day um, couldn't handle it anymore. He squeezed his uh, mask in and the ma- the water was coming out, out of his eyes, oh. out the side, out of his mouth, out the gap for his nose. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. It was that awful. That makes me physically ill. So something out of a horror movie, then? Basically, oh. yes. Indeed. Also, did you know, because of the rain, they, um, they had to do some reshoots, and Brian Cox couldn't turn up to some of the... Couldn't turn up to the reshoot, so they got the costume designer to step in and play the king. Cool. <laughs> Just a little tidbit. Uh, let's oh my see. god, the cheat codes though. Those were great. as someone who as someone who owned a game genie when <laughs> she was young. I'm surprised it wasn't anything like the Konami code in SNES. Mm-hmm. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B A select start. <laughs> Oh, the the music when uh, they start charging at each other. It remind uh, there's probably a British version, but it reminded me of American Gladiators. Mm-hmm. It's that cheesy fake trumpet music. Oh, and Crichton's disgust at the whole thing. Yes, poor Crichton. Is... Shame, shameful. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, after some nice gratuitous uh, tent shaking, <laughs> um, we find that Ace Rimmer is coming back to this dimension. Now, okay, let's go ahead and say that Angela was right last episode in predicting what this episode was about. I was just taking a random shot because I figured it was this, but wanted to say something different. Uh, however, I was right. way back when, when Ace Rimmer disappeared, I predicted that it was possible, however unlikely, that he would come back to this dimension uh, because the it worked like the improbability drive a la Hitchh- Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm claiming half a point on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I only get the full point because I said it first. It's true. Uh, let's see. Everything for the next five minutes is quotable, because it's some of the <laughs> best witty one-line insults in the show. In a show that is a master of witty one-liner insults. Um. And I love how everything in this episode is a callback to stuff before. Yes. Mm. Like this is, you know, this is one of the best. But you have to have watched like everything before to get the most to out fully of appreciate this one. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a fan show. Yeah. Right. Can I can I just um, can I just break some breaking news? Sure. Do Go it. Ahead. Um, it's from the official Red Dwarf fan club post on Facebook. Um, they've just added some new words to the Oxford English Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Uh. Today, yeah. Smeg Smeg is now officially in the Oxford English Dictionary. Nice, yay! It's special. The end of our civilization as we know it. <laughs> it's the end of the world, the world as, we, as know we know it. 
I think words like bromance are also song. in I've there never heard too. That. Is that a real song? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real song. Was it Was it Green Day? What am I thinking? I have no here? idea. Uh, I, uh, it was what? at the start of Independence Day. That's all I know from. It was one of those '90s pop songs that all sound like Green Day, even if it's not Green Day. Yeah. Because Green Day has no originality. <laughs> I didn't say it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, you don't have to. Um, let's Oh, late see. 90s. So, oh, oh, I have breaking news as well. Hold on, I have breaking news here from the Potential Cast Facebook group. Happy <laughs> birthday, <laughs> Josh Eden. Yay, Josh Eden. He is Yay! our favorite. <laughs> R.E.M., by the way. Ah, thank yep. you. Well, oh, that's sad, because R.E.M. had some pretty cool stuff. Um, speaking of, there's not a single movie theater in Mississippi or Alabama showing Josh Eden's... Uh, <laughs> Josh Eden's, <laughs> Josh Eden's uh, m- m- much ado about nothing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shame. Full Let's release. It Shakespeare. Full, full release. Shakespeare. Well, we live like an hour from the Alabama Shakespeare Festival that puts on several Shakespeare plays a year, but can't find a movie theater that'll show the movie. So there you go. I'd have um, to go all the way to Atlanta. Yes. Boo. And I live about forty-five minutes away from Shepherd von Avon. There you go. Nice. Yeah. So everyone, all of our listeners over in England, I want you to write letters to these American movie theaters. Okay, no. Uh, let's see. Ace comes and he compliments Cat's suit because he's what a guy. Mm-hmm. And, it's a good looking uh, suit too. Stops by and we find that yes, he is on his way out, and several other clever uh, '40s noir metaphors for death. And he's looking for his replacement. Because he's not the real Dread Pirate Roberts. No, you see, <laughs> the Dread Pirate Roberts is retired. I immediately thought of yeah. that. So for so me, this really is this that. is the moment where I look at this show and I'm like, oh, that's not a new idea, but I love it. I'm so pleased. Indeed. And this is also um, how I discovered that um, certain people that I know who know Red Dwarf have not seen Princess Bride. Because what? I'll compare I'll compare what? this episode and Ace Rimmer to um, the Dread Pirate Roberts, and I'm like, who's that? I'm like, Princess Bride. They're like, oh, I haven't seen it. Oh. And then I say, we can't be friends anymore. Like, yeah. you need to get on that. <laughs> yes. Watch that. Uh, everybody listening, if you haven't seen it, watch The Princess Bride. It's one of the best films yes. ever. Delete made. this episode immediately. <laughs> Don't he do didn't, that. You even and have, then, well, like, a teacher who would show students The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. When, Lazy teaching. Yeah, well, it was, you know, on, on those days, like, where it's the end of the school year and nobody's going to do anything, but we have to be there, and, and like, you it's know, like you know that's when you do socio-psychological experiments, like dividing the class into two groups, the fair-haired kids and the dark-haired kids, and you tell all the fair-haired kids, you have to, you know, like those kinds of things. <laughs> what do they do no? in Canada? Well, they never <laughs> did this here. I wish they did. <laughs> But yeah, that that was wow. our go-to substitute teacher movie is uh, The Princess yeah. Bride. It was awesome. <laughs> Which um, they would always have to sort of fast-forward mute past. Yeah. I want my the... father back. You fast-forward, fast-forward. <laughs> Sad. Because well, it's okay we, to watch somebody stab When we show it to our kids, we have to... Um, we, we skip the part with the uh, Pit of Despair. Aww. When he's uh. being tortured. Because, you know, torture is bad. 
No, see, we, uh, we watched that. You can watch torture and stabbing all day long, as long as our, the children's ears don't hear son of a bitch. Um, because that's, or, that's good cultural know, values. Naughty words mm-hmm. and sex. Yeah, and man, Princess Buttercup was so awesome in House of Cards. <laughs> uh, Go watch that, too. And Forrest Gump. But, but, but finish listening to this first. <laughs> right. Um, so... We find out that Ace is trying to train our Rimmer, our Rimmer, uh, to be the next Ace, and we get some awesome training with awesome facial <laughs> expressions and green screening. Yes, indeed, fantastic green screening. I really, yeah, I prefer purposefully bad special effects than their attempts at proper CGI at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah, by far. And hamsters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Agreed. Paul, you wanted to tell us something about the wig, right? Yeah, um... Basically... Let me find it. Yeah. <clears throat> the wig that Ace Rimmer had in this episode mm-hmm. is different from the one in Dimension Jump. Well, we... Because the producers suspect Chris Barry kept it. <laughs> well, now, I knew. I thought though that, that that it was lost the first time, and even uh, the first return of Rimmer, it was a different one. Maybe Chris is keeping a collection. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's always been accused of stealing the wig. He denies it. Oh my it. goodness! Though when he pulls off the wig, that I was rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that he was going to just flick another button to, but pulling off the wig, ah. Oh. <laughs> and we get here some of the best acting, uh, because it is Willow pretending to be Vampire Willow pretending to be Willow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't emphasize that enough times. How? <laughs> I'm the dude. Pretending to be the dude playing the other dude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh wow! But yeah, I am no I jokes. Chris, though Chris, Chris Barry acted the true. heck out of this. Oh, episode. so true. Have, having to do one his his usual character doing an impression of his other character—that's yeah. got to be tough. That was and awesome. reluctantly doing an impression of mm-hmm. his other character. <laughs> Speaking of acting, though, uh, cannot uh, let this one go without saying, and we noticed it last episode as well, Craig Charles is acting so much better than previous seasons. Mm -hmm. He's really shining here. This episode for me. Like, the, 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 like, almost tenderness when he's, you know, moving Rimmer along to to believing in himself enough to be ace. Mm -hmm. It's, It's, you know, sort of moving, almost. For this show. I mean, oh, that scene where he's using uh, reverse psychology on yes. him. Yes. And he's saying awful things to him, but you can just really tell like exactly what he's doing. And when Ace fades away and then he picks up the light B and, and he says, right, Ace, and, and oh. It's good okay, stuff. There were several episodes where I was like tears were Tear. standing out in my eyes. I may be alone in that, but 
So let's see, we get reverse psychology, we get reverse sword fighting. Um, <laughs> well, you know, the uh, hilt uh, sword fighting is one of the most challenging types of sword fighting. Yes. I was really hoping, the first time I watched this episode, that Rimmer as the new ace would have, right before running away, holding the sword in the wrong way, saying, I'm not left-handed! Nice, but not in a very um, kind of confident way. But a (laughs) way, nice. Though, um, one like tiny weakness of this is they've never really foreshadowed the idea that the alternate reality creations can walk out of the holodeck mm-hmm. well I mean they, they didn't though I mean it, it was Lister pretending but I know it, it's, I know, it's but... the sort of thing that happens on Red Dwarf enough to where I think Rimmer wouldn't necessarily question it because mutations mm-hmm. <laughs> you see the holodeck mutated after three million years and um <laughs> Yeah, and then Moriarty out. pops out. Yes, Moriarty pops out. Also, they find out that the holodeck is a completely different reality, and that it thinks that uh, Red Dwar- uh, that the Starbug is uh, declaring war on them. Yes, and Janeway has to pretend to be the queen of the Spider People. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to put a Voyager reference in every single episode, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but uh, honestly, I'll be right back in about yeah, ten minutes remember. after I hit, bang my head against the wall. <laughs> no, 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 no head banging. Um, I think that both Crichton and Cat knew what was going on too. Yeah, well, especially when they went to the graveyard, I felt. Yeah, and you know, the the fact that. Lister just gives this explanation and Crichton has no questions. Like, he's the smartest person on there. <laughs> like, Cat would accept that. I don't think Crichton would. Hmm. I actually think it was just... I, I, I kind of agree. I don't think Cat had a, had a, a clue whatsoever. But, um... I think Crichton and Lister... Yeah. Well, obviously, Lister knew, obviously. Yeah. But I think Crichton knew as well. Hmm. So then, let's see. We get the funeral. And so many nice callbacks to some of the earliest episodes. What is that scraping noise it keeps having? Uh, to some of the earliest episodes. Um, that was my mic stand, by the way. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I kept grinning. And uh, I, I really liked the funeral scene. I thought it was it was kind of sweet. I loved all the guests that were there. Definitely. And I really I really like the idea oh. that it <laughs> literally is a funeral for Rimmer. Mm. Yeah. Like the Rimmer we know, the the cowardly self important Rimmer is dying. Mm. And with his girlfriend. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it's like both a literal death of the previous ace Rimmer and a metaphorical death of you know, the rumor that we know. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Also, Metaphorical Death would be an excellent name for a rock band. It would. Hmm. <laughs> but That'd be a crap beat for the drum. The drum. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Not then, with it today at all. Oh, that's fine. Uh, finally, Lister salutes First Officer Rimmer. And they all do the salute. That's when, like, my eyes were just stinging. <laughs> the stupid little twisty salutes. Did did Heath give you a hug and go there there? <laughs> oh, he I was typi- too busy taking notes. Yeah. Oh, I just typically smirk at her and you know keep going. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> totally not not yeah. Not getting uh, misty myself. Uh, let's see. <laughs> then uh, Rimes says his final goodbye, uh, which is the episode title. And it all comes full circle. Um, and then, of course, promptly falls out of his ship and has to play it off. Yeah, I like love it. Press the eject button. My note here is holy crap, he'd better not be leaving the show. They really can't get on without him. But. Guess we'll see. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I think the other actors have grown enough to where they can get on without the best actor on the show. You know, that's mm. that's a point. Uh, if he were leaving like in third season, I'd be like, nope, forget it. They they're not going to have a fourth <laughs> season. Um, but yeah, I think they they have developed better chemistry and and grown into their characters enough. Yeah, that's. So I might not be being fair there, but he's still Chris Berry. He's he's my favorite, so we'll see. Wow, we we actually got through the episode. I, I know. I know that's quick. I didn't... Um, any other? I think I think I think the reason why we got through this episode so quickly is that um, basically the quotes part of the section <laughs> exactly <is gonna> take <laughs> forty-five minutes. Yes. <laughs> um. Because, yeah, some of the best one-liners. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, any more notes before we move on, then? Um, well, I do have a ton of notes here, but I can't say any of them. <laughs> <laughs> any non-spoilery Chris Berry notes before we move on? All right. Uh, I forbid it. You can talk about it in the spoiler group. That's fine. Indeed. That's <laughs> can great... I just say that I just realized the woman at the beginning with on the motorbike with Ace Rimmer, that, mm-hmm. she's called Princess Bongella. Yeah. Hmm. Bonjella is an ulcer cream. Oh, okay. Oh. Good to know. Pardon? It's a what it's a cream? Ulcer cream. Ulcer cream. Do you oh. know when you get an ulcer in your mouth? Oh. Yeah. I see. It made me giggle when I first heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do some feedback. Oh, that's my job. I bagged this one last week because I said none of the feedback last week. Yeah, I know. I like so, waited th- for 30 seconds of silence and nobody said anything, and then you complain about not getting to read any. So please, <laughs> go to no, it. No, what happened was, when you, gave, when you had that 30 seconds of feedback, I was actually talking, and then I realized my microphone was off. Well, ah. whose fault is that? <laughs> it is my fault, but then I couldn't get a word in edgeways to do anything any of the other ones. I figured you had left. <laughs> Guys, well, and I've just realised how much feedback there is. Well, read, holy crap! Well, start, start <laughs> yeah, us you're off. you're not going to do. Start all us of off this. with Russ. Right, Russ says I have a bogey and I want to eat it. <laughs> um, actually, no, he doesn't. Um, 
the one scene where Chris Barry is acting as rumour, trying to act as air, shows how great <laughs> an actor he is. Yep. <laughs> and you and Ancon says, I love the opening of this episode. Great stuff. It continues well after with that CGI actually being used well when Lister shows rumour all of the other races. That is a this point. Has, yeah. Yes. I, the, the CGI is still bad, but... Yeah, that little scene there where they zoom in to the close-up of the, of the space pods and zoom out and it's the rings of a planet, it was effective. It got the idea across. It shows how many rimmers there are. Could you live with that many rimmers? <laughs> but it's not rimmers, it's aces. Mm. Yeah. aces. Well, rimmer. Still rimmers. But it's ace rimmers. Yeah, but He's it's still awesome. rimmers. <laughs> Am I bothered? Uh, the, episode, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the episode also contains famous British actor that Heath and Angela probably never heard of, Brian Cox. Although he has actually been in quite a few big movies, so they might have heard of him or at least seen him yeah, somewhere else. Indeed, he's that guy, you know. <laughs> Simon Taylor Brian's says, "Just this guy, you know." <laughs> <clears throat> Simon Taylor says. Howard Goodall's score in this episode is brilliant. His new Ace team becomes so iconic it's funny to think that he wasn't around in any other episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he did a good job with that. that especially the, the beginning score, especially. Yeah. Also, oh, while we're on this, Shane, do you know anything about the co-writer of this episode, um, Paul Alexander? It's uh, the only only Red Dwarf episode he worked on, according to IMDb. No, he worked on a few others. Oh, okay. After. I thought you said it was the only it's one. It's the first oh. one. Okay, the first yes, one. <clears throat> Sorry, it is his first one, yes. Because this was such a good episode, and for, he, for him to be a, a new writer, I was like, mm-hmm. how? what What was his input? Um, basically, um, it was either Doug didn't want to take all the uh, credit, um, hmm. And he didn't want to take on on on, on the work as well. Mm. So he's done quite a lot actually. Um, Paul Alexander, he's done as a Red Wolf, My Hero. Uh, it's probably the famous one. My Spy Family, Babes in the Wood, Horrid Henry, mm. which you might have heard of, which is the children's TV program. No. Yeah, when I was cool. looking at his IMDb, I was like, British show I've never heard of, British show I've never heard of, British show I've never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll read Nick Ridley's. Give Paul a Oh, yeah, um, you can one. Well, you can read it, Paul, if you want. Go on, go on, go on, go on. You can read it. I was just giving you... It's all right. Paul, you're being weird today. <laughs> I am. I'm always weird, though. All true. Uh, Nick says, the episode that got me into Red Dwarf, thanks to a title sequence sandwiched by a Bond-esque parody, uh, the not-quite-convincing production values work in its favor, and virtual reality when I wouldn't touch TV science with a pole of a considerable length. That says sci-fi, not science. Of sci-fi, yeah. Anyway, sorry. sorry. Uh, Also, the episode is competing as my favorite, against uh, Season 7, Episode 5. That's a spoiler! Not really. No! Uh, Love the funeral scene the first time around, even more when I knew the characters better. Sure, it may have been better for Rimmer to have succumbed to the holovirus rather than expect Crichton to believe a night escape the AR. 
needs to be some line that established that they can do that rather than just going by listeners dressing up. But I don't find the scene as clumsy and disrespectful as G&T's pulled it. What? Clumsy and disrespectful? Uh, um, basically, to answer, uh, and Titan did a, a poll of the best uh, episodes, uh, like the ranking of the episodes from yeah. 10, and I don't think it did highly as people, other people expected, basically. What? Best thing mm. to do is just ask Capsie or Ian when, he, when they come on yeah. Okay. About it. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Uh, theory, the opening of Dimension Jump is the original Ace Rimmer, but it's one of his, uh, his many successors by the time the wildfire reaches, reaches the Dwarfers. No, because he got shot in the chest, right where his no, wife was. No, he's saying that in the episode Dimension Jump, like, it starts out with him going oh, yeah. around, yeah, yeah. But, no, but by I the time, that in that is- episode... I yeah. thought okay. I'm sorry. I saw. I thought he meant the opening of this episode. Yeah, I, I agree that no, the no, no. Dimension Jump was the original. Sure, but but really? he's saying that within Dimension Jump, most of the episode is one of the Light B Rimmers. Oh yeah, because that's when he gets the time drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the yeah. original. That would be the original one. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Anyway. Okay. So. I'm Highland. <laughs> I just want to interrupt, sorry Paul I just want to interrupt okay. on the silver survey that Ganymede and Titan did do um, it was ranked 42nd Really? Wow Well then, it's, it's a crap poll then, I'm sorry Yeah, that's insane <laughs> I'm sorry Ganymede and Titan, that's ridiculous, this is an awesome episode Okay Yeah. Uh, one person placed it at the top and one person placed it at the bottom uh, that person needs to be dragged out in the street and shot. Um, <laughs> out of a yet. cannon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because Into a that's shark. funny. We need to get on with these so we can get to the um, yeah ratings and quotes pretty quickly. All yes. right, all right. Sam Highland says it's a treat to see Ace Rimmer back, and for an episode, say farewell to Rimmer. It's a good one. Lister's misadventures in the AR machine were funny, as as was Rimmer's training to become Ace. Overall, a fairly strong episode. Indeed. Uh, I'll read Darren. Darren says, Brilliant opening, well-conceived ending. The middle has a lot of problems, though. The German sequence reminds me as much of Allo Allo as James Bond. One could easily picture that taking place over the skies of Nuvian. Nuvian? Hmm. Uh, the sure. ending has a very Douglas Adams feel to me. I, yeah, good call. Yes. I do concede the weirdness of the central section. Emotions were everywhere, especially uh, except in believability land. One can clearly see that Naylor is trying to prove that the team can do movies, but I think the Epp suffers slightly as a result. Still enjoyable, but a long way off their best work, IMO. Well, I'll have to respectfully disagree. Mm. I think it was a nice farewell. Um, Russ Green says good morning, which is a... Um, hello, 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 reference. Ah, oh, okay. And Darren Poster laughs about it. David Sex says... As an excited 14-year-old, I was lucky enough to be in the audience that was invited along to add a laugh, add a laugh track to this episode. Aww, so it nice. holds a special place in my heart. Lots of big laughs and a great set pieces. Probably my favourite of Series 7. Preferred the working title of Natural Born Rimmers, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when, you know, we talked about last episode. Now they're, they're doing things a little differently. They filmed the episode with pauses for the laugh track yeah. instead of having live, and then they add the laughs. 
Yeah. This episode though was a lot tighter. I didn't feel like I didn't I didn't notice that at all, which means that they did a better job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was uh if I'm right, um the audience was um done over two days. Mm. So they f- so one audience saw one batch of episodes in one day, then the next day the next audience saw the next batch of episodes. Cool. Yeah. Well, and they, Rosie, uh, sorry, I was wanting to read Rosie's, it's only a one sentence thing. Rosie says, I'm wondering if it's possible not to be <laughs> in love with Chris Berry after watching this episode. Oh. Yeah, Rosie's going to kill me. I don't care. <laughs> uh, let's move on to yeah. um, this ad right here. It's a good one. Welcome to Aboard the Night Bus. Welcome to Aboard the Night Bus. Welcome to Aboard the Night Bus. What do you get when you mix two Hufflepuffs? Doll, I want to go to Hogwarts so bad. A Ravenclaw. Oh, come on. A Slytherin. Like, I like my Hufflepuffs. Leave them alone. You want me to beat up Hagrid for you guys? And a guest host. Ollivander kind of creeped me out. Well, I don't want to just say magic (laughs) as the answer. That is a good question, though. Actually, it's Aboard the Night Bus, the new chapter-by-chapter Harry Potter podcast dedicated to taking a light-hearted and fun look at all things Harry Potter. I'd I'd wear my Slytherin kit every day. From chapter reviews to character analysis, we're taking a not-so-in-depth look at all the things that really matter. The trout. The bogo to trout. It's a fish. Join us each week good discussion. That's scary that like every conversation they have from now on is they have Peter Pettigrew there listening. I'm, I'm going to argue otherwise but you'll have to wait till I do chapter 8 in our next episode to find out why. A few games. Chocolate frogs. Pumpkin pasties. Every flavor beans. And a bit of light hearted banter. Does anyone get anything to, to add to that? Uh, no. Not <laughs> that I feel like adding at the moment. <laughs> oh okay. Aboard the night bus. Subscribe on iTunes. Okay, and we're okay. back. Yeah, and we're back. That was an amazing ad. It certainly was. That was awesome. It was. Please download it's all their episodes. <laughs> Whoever they are. All right. Uh, so uh, that was our feedback. That was our ad. Hey, speaking of feedback, send us more feedback on our Facebook group, the Red Dwarf Introcast. You can email us at the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail dot com, spelled Gmail. Uh, you can Twitter at us at twitter.com slash redwarfintro. Please hop onto the iTunes and subscribe and give us five stars and say that we're the very best intro cast ever. Ever. Yeah. Better what? than potential cast. <laughs> oh, no, wait, yeah, yeah, what? sorry. That we are among the very best intro casts ever. That's better. But still, to- totally but still better than potential cast. <laughs> to- totally didn't steal all of our ideas from potential cast. Um, what? <laughs> Hey, as long as you keep sending me those royalty checks. There you go. You, you get you get ten percent of everything we make. So let's see, ten percent or nothing. <laughs> nothing. Um, <laughs> that's not the way math works up here. Uh, and and by up here, I mean the seventeenth floor. Yes. Yes. Hand on heart, I didn't steal the idea from the potential cast. <laughs> it was a Twin Peaks podcast. So blame, so blame them. But stole its idea. Second degree theft. Is that what that is? No, no, no. But Matt actually asked very kindly yeah. and nicely. It was it was very cute. I love them. Aww. Uh Let's rate this episode. 
Yeah! Illyrio, you get to go first. Yes. Um, what can I say? It's uh, one of my favorite Red Dwarf episodes ever. It's my favorite Ace Rimmer um, episode. Um, I'm definitely going to give it a 10 out of 10 awesome wigs. Great. Um, I, uh, I love this episode. It, it's in the top two of this series. Um, I still think it's much better than last week. Um, and Ace Rimmer is awesome. And I'm going to give it 8.75 blow up dolls out of 10. <laughs> I um, I never do this, but uh, I'm going to give this one an 11. It's turning up Whoa. to Whoa. 11. Whoa. Uh, I I typically will will you know rate episodes against you know what what the uh, the show has been so far, and this one to me, um, the writing was excellent. The one-liners were hilarious. The acting was spot on. Good character interaction, good character development, uh, which is, is really what I look for. So I, it's really just about everything that I want in a Red Dwarf episode. I'm giving it 11 out of 10 uh, crocodile-squished Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it is the best episode of Red Dwarf, hands down. So far. And I even will go beyond that and say it's just one of my favorite episodes of television in general. Like, just compared to all of my other shows, that it's ranked right on up there. So I am going to... Can I I just say... Right. By that comment, do you you think this episode's better than Firefly? It's as good as some Firefly. Yes. That that's that's a good way to put it. It's better than Firefly for me. So I am. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do like crazy fractions. I'm going to do ten out of ten perfection. Um, uh, surfing crocodiles, or crocodiles as surfboards. Hmm. Shay uh, again. A very good episode. Um, I'm I'm struggling to find some to say here because um, I did have things to say, but I can't say them anymore. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually going to give it um, seven and a half chesty belts. <laughs> nice. Better seven and a half. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the chastity jeep. That was. <laughs> <laughs> They are just body in, in that opening. Um, I just love the look on Brian Cox's face when he, <laughs> and he was like, he was holding the key and he was like, yeah, and then the pants drop and he's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so fairly high scoring. I'm intrigued by the seven point five though. So I'm wondering what's coming and or or maybe what uh, what's holding it's, back on that. But anyway, we yeah. was intrigued by the three out of ten. So we'll leave him be. <laughs> hey, we explained the three out of ten. Uh, yeah. Okay. Did. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, let's do some quotes. And Illyrio, as guest, you get to quote first. Awesome. I want to be a guest on this show. Skipper, you can't judge a book by its cover. 
And you can't confuse Rimmer with a book. For a start, a book's got a spine. <laughs> yes. I've never heard I've never heard Lister back sound so posh. Nah, <laughs> I try. Better than my Lister. I have another Lister quote coming up as an honorable mention. <laughs> Carry on. Go ahead, Angela. I know you want to get it in before somebody can steal it. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, is that a new suit you're wearing? Why, it's sharper than a page of Oscar Wilde witticisms that have been rolled up into a point, sprinkled with lemon juice, and jabbed in someone's eye. Awesome. <laughs> Had to grab the Oscar Wilde one. The red, green, and blue alert signs are all flashing. What the smeg is happening? Well, we're either under attack, sir, or we're having a disco. <laughs> My vote is disco. Face rumors around. Shane, what's yours? Disco. Um, I, I, I have to be honest with you. I, I was. I didn't actually write anything down. Oh no! I know. I know. Oh. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Here's one for you, Shane. I bet he's a sour crowd. <laughs> um, oh. Let's see. Uh, I've got one now, actually. Okay, go ahead. Take a look around, Arnie. The plateau, the summit. This is where you must become, must be to become Ace Rimmer. No, this is where you must become <laughs> to be Maria von Trapp. <laughs> nice. Alright, I'm not going to attempt my Lister accent because it's awful. Even worse than a Jamaican-Irish accent. Uh, Rimmer, don't take this the wrong way, but how could you be the next ace? I mean, you're a gutless, spineless, gormless, directionless, neurotic, underachieving, sniveling, cowardly pile of smeg. No offense, but get real, man. Most eunuchs have got more balls than you. <laughs> Tears Arnie. standing in eyes. <clears throat> Arnie, you're for a stroll. Thanks for the offer, but I'd rather smear my genitalia with fish paste and dangle them into a pool of hungry piranhas. I'll take that as a no then. <laughs> nice. According to the log, we're down to our last 3,000 vomit bags. It'll never be enough. <laughs> Illyria, did you have a backup? Yeah, one more list of quote. <clears throat> this is worse than playing away at Leeds. <laughs> that was the reference. Yeah. yeah, Leeds is a, Leeds is a team, football yeah. team. Leeds is in proper football, not your football. Um, that's enough said. Well, to well translate, I figured that to, it was yeah, football, but... To translate that to the American audience, it would be like playing away at LSU. American. Oh, LSU. Yeah. Louisiana State University. Uh, when I was in band, they said, you know... Some schools you go to, they might throw a beer bottle at you. At LSU, they will throw a full beer bottle at you. Do not leave the band. <laughs> Stay in groups. When they the come over thing... to Auburn, then after the game, the whole campus is wrecked. Yeah. All right. Any more quotes? Wow. Yes. No. Uh, yes. So, what have you been up to, sir? Nothing special. Saved a couple of universes overthrown and deputy ships. Turned down a heap full of marriage proposal and had my highlights done. What a guy. What a guy. <gasps> what a guy. 
Poor Mr. Rimmer. I haven't felt this wrench since Sparehead 3 told me the others had a pole and voted me the big-eared <laughs> ugly one. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of him, then let's see. Uh, we are gathered here today to say our final farewells to Mr. Rimmer. On occasion, he was a small-minded, bureaucratic, incompetent, cowardly little person. Er, but he also had his good qualities. Those were his good qualities. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I'm they gave wondering. him first officer. Oh, dear. Princess Bonjala, Ace Rimmer. There'll be time for explanations later, and hopefully some sex. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. I liked that one. All right. Finish up. Oh, no. Finish off with the final one. Stoke me a clipper. I'll be back for Christmas. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, well, I know Illyrio needs to head on, and we are heading on ourselves. Um, <gasps> next episode is called. Next episode is called. A robbery. Indeed. Which I recognize oh, as yes! from various mythologies as the serpent swallowing its tail. Um, I think it's Egyptian, although it really reminds me of uh, the Norse um, world serpent, uh, Jormungandr, or something like that, that it's circling the world and swallowing its tail. Mm-hmm. It's a symbol for infinity and birth and recreation. Uh, no idea what that could mean for Red Dwarf. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the show's going to eat itself and vomit up another <laughs> show. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when Chris Berry leaves. No, I'm, I'm really Aww. stumped. No, that was Babylon 5, but anyway. Arrogus. <laughs> Do you even have a guest, love? I don't know. Everyone will be sitting around sad that Rimmer is not there and <laughs> going to the group therapy sessions. <laughs> Watching old clips. Well, they're going to they're going to fight a mutated space snake because there are no aliens, so mutant space snake, I guess, is my guess. Or eternity or something. And mutant space space snake would make a great name for a rock band. Indeed, it would. (laughs) And on that Dave Barryish note, we will say our farewells. Illyrio, thank you for joining us once again. Thanks for having me, you guys. This has been a pleasure. Always it's great. always a pleasure. Damn you, Heath. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, so we both said the exact same thing. Oh, did moment. we? <laughs> um, so, uh, I keep thought you were damning him for thanking me to, for being on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost pretended to be offended there. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, do listen to Potential Cast and Redemption Cast as well. If, if, if you want. If, if you're interested in this whole intro cast thing and uh, you, li- you like Buffy and Angel, which means, you know, if, if you have two brain cells to rub together. Um, or if you hate the show you and you want to actually hear people opine things that aren't just, you know, hey, we love, 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 love it. Because let me tell you, <laughs> season four. Oh, woo, no. Don't even oh. stop, please. We wow. were not That is when they bring pleased. in the best character, Riley. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to make me angry, Heath? <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, and also, beginning of season five had me in a rage, but we'll oh, carry on and we'll see how Riley things are going. and Palm Olive have their own spinoff show Palm now. Olive. <laughs> I love Palm Olive. <laughs> all right, well, she's on sale. So uh, we will see you next week with Ouroboros, and uh, bye. 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 bye.